HFC, where we will be doing the final episode of the Identity Series. And I don't know, that feels weird. I feel like we've been doing it forever at this point. It feels like ending it is kind of just odd. But in a sense, I feel like we never truly finished figuring out who we are in God. We're constantly just exploring our relationship with God. That's what any good Christian should do. There should never come a time where you're like, yeah, I know who I am. We should always be seeking out a relationship with God through our word, through prayer, and just spending time with him and and praising him and, and whatnot, and, and living a life that brings glory to him. This last episode, as you may or may not have seen, because I don't know if people read the episode name, it's called I Am Held. And I feel like it's a perfect way to end it, even though I didn't really put these things into order. I kind of just took notes and then... They happened in the order that they happened. And as we've mentioned previously, I mean, there were some weird timings with Thanksgiving, um, with Christmas, with Valentine's Day, and it's, and I think even the New Year. I'm not really sure. While I may not have planned things out a certain way, I really feel like God did. And I want to end with something. I feel like we've talked a lot about a lot of big things. We've talked about the responsibilities and the expectations we have, as well as the opportunities we have, kind of, and the blessings we have. We are children of God. We are heirs. We are loved. We are held. We are, well, how does the title of today's message? But there's so many, so many, so many, so many things that truly define what our relationship should look like in Christ. And then if you explore to its full extent, to its full extent, you begin to feel and have that inner love that God has for you. Just like you begin to internalize it and it truly begins to change who you are. I love that we end here because it's kind of like a, now you get to go explore your own identity, but don't fear because Romans 8.28 says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Doesn't mean that everything will always be good and everything will always be great. and Everything will always be amazing. It does mean that in all things, all good and bad, God will work it to the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose, who have been listening to his purpose, who have chosen to wrap themselves with the identity of Christ. So um, the Bible plan I did this through, it shared a cool thing and I, I wrote it down. Not everything was like, I feel like I, in a lot of these things I did, it was inspired by Bible plan, but a lot of these things I added my own things and stuff. But one of the coolest things that it said was, when it talks about good, it mentioned the word agathos. And the thing is, when we think of good, we think of good as, you know, oh, I'm getting money, oh, I'm getting something, I'm receiving something, I'm doing awesome, I have fame, I have fortune, oh, all these things. And that's what the world thinks of when it thinks of good. But the Greek word that's used in this section of the, uh, in this verse was the Greek word agathos, which means intrinsically good, meaning good in nature good whether it be seen to be good or not. This could include trauma, pain, and suffering that ends up leading to a good result. And a lot of times we're related to um, plants and and trees and bushes and to give fruit and vines. And one of the coolest things I ever learned from my dad, because he works a lot with plants, was that if a tree isn't bearing fruit, Sometimes what you have to do is you have to beat it. You have to beat and like kind of traumatize the tree and in a way it begins to bear fruit. And so in some ways, it's kind of the same way that we are. Not that God puts the punishment himself because a lot of these things he's not doing himself. He's just kind of allowing the moment so that we we can 
deep in our relationship with him. When these moments are allowed, when this trauma, pain, or suffering is put upon us, whether we expected it or not, it gives us an opportunity to rely on God, an opportunity to deepen our relationship. And that's why, I don't know the verse, I always forget verses. And that's why I'm always like looking up verses. I'm like, I remember a verse, don't remember where it's at, but I remember a verse. I don't want to look it up because not because I'm lazy and I don't want to include it. And it's never like that. I just, if I get too (laughs) into a verse, I'll get carried away. Where Peter says, it is in my weakness where God is glorified. It's in those moments where we are hurt, where we're suffering, where we ache, that we turn to God. And in doing so, we deepen our relationship with God. And then as we deepen our relationship with God, we bring glory to God as we praise God and we thank God for bringing us through a situation. The next verse I want to share that again goes along with this idea of I am held is Isaiah 41, 13. It says, For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. We also have Romans 8, 18 that says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Not only should we know that no matter what we go through, there's going to be nothing that should lead us to the conclusion that it's worth putting off eternity, that we should decide to disregard God's love. Not only am I saying that, but I, I love the first verse, Isaiah 41, 13, because it just gives this idea of being held because we are held. It says, for I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. Sorry, I know I said I wouldn't get carried away, but um, there is a verse I want to share because it's actually something that I was reading in a different Bible plan, but it relates so well to this topic. It's from Hebrews 4.16. It says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And I've always read and kind of heard this verse, but I always just kind of focus on the be bold in seeking the Lord. And a lot of people focus on that part. Be bold in seeking the Lord. Be bold in doing this. Be bold in doing that. And it's not that God desires us to be bold all the time. And that's the way I always took it. Like, oh, we have to be bold. We have to be confident. We have to be like out there and like, oh yes, like God is amazing and stuff like that. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't. We should be glorifying God, but it doesn't mean that we have to be shouting it from the rooftops. Some of it's like praising God can be in our rooms and whatnot and be a private thing. There should be an expectation that we're not just hiding it and like being a secret Christian, but I'm just saying you don't have to like show up at work. Thank God. Wow, guys. Like kind of like extra. I don't know if I'm saying that right. That's kind of how the way I always took it. And as someone who's inherently shy and kind of introverted, I always kind of felt disappointed and disheartened whenever I found this verse. But as I was reading it in this other Bible plan, it was relating it to one of the names of God. I can't remember which one at this moment, but it was saying, as we all know, that God is there for us and that God is endless mercy. And what this verse is saying is not that we need to be bold in thanking God or whatever. There's a, there's a time and a place for that. This is specifically saying, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace so that with confidence we can draw near to grace and we may receive the mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So it's talking about those moments where we feel like disgusted with ourselves, those moments where we feel like God can't possibly use us, those moments where we feel so just icky because of something that we did, something we thought, or a way that we reacted, where it says, God wants you to have the confidence to know that no matter the situation, no matter what you've been through, what you've gone through, whether you're Samson, whether you're David, whether you're Saul, whatever, whichever one you want to relate to, whether you're even a Moses, right? I don't know, he wasn't the worst one, <laughs> but 
But no matter what you've gone through, no matter what you've experienced, he wants you to have the confidence to know that you can always seek him out because he's always going to be there for you. And this kind of connects well with the other verse that I mentioned, which was Isaiah 41, 13, that he's there holding your hand, that he desires you to seek him out. He wants you to be confident in seeking him out, knowing that no matter what you go through, what hurt you've faced, what failures you've experienced, whether it's just happened or it happened a week ago, that you can always come to seek him out immediately and just say, Lord, forgive me, please, Lord. I, I need your mercy and your grace because I feel so filled with shame that I can feel it. And and this is what happens to them sometimes. We we feel, get so filled with shame that we allow it to corrupt the identity that God has for us. We allow these lies to steal the identity that God has for us. But God doesn't want that. He wants us to be confident in seeking Him out, confident in asking for forgiveness, confident in repenting and knowing that He will forgive us, confident in knowing that He is there for us. That's what it means when it says, draw near to the throne of grace with confidence. Not confidence in praising God like I always thought, but confidence with knowing that no matter the situation, there is nothing too big for God to forgive you of. And I feel like one of the biggest things that for me maybe, and maybe for other people is, I've always had that issue of forgiving myself. I, I let the the shame and the guilt lie there and it begins to speak and feed lies into me. And that opens doors and it makes it almost impossible for me to keep going because little by little, it eats away at me until I have no energy left. And then I find myself failing. And then I get to a point where I'm so low that I just ask for God and he's there for me. He's like, I've been here. I've been waiting. The point is he's always there waiting. He has our right hand as Isaiah 41, 13 says. He's waiting for us to say, God, forgive me. God, give me your grace and mercy. He expects us to do that. He wants us to have the confidence to know that there's no thing that he cannot handle. There's no thing that he cannot overcome. There's no thing that he cannot forgive us of, cleanse us of. Anyway, um, I had written a reflection. This is kind of old. But as I was looking at this and I was thinking about that initial that initial verse, which was Romans 8.28, and it was talking about, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his people. It allowed me to reflect on my past and it Sorry, it allowed me to to take what happened, to understand that God took my struggle and the pain to show me he was there all along. He allowed me to deny his love so that one day I would desire it. In my depression and anxiety, he showed me who truly loved me, but also opened my eyes to how far I'd fallen. And in my addictions, he opened my eyes to the truth of where I'd find my, found myself and what I truly longed for. He was right there all along holding my hand, waiting, 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 biding his time, taking every brunt of attack, every single insult. And yet at the end, like it says, he is the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear, I will help you. He is the shepherd who seeks out the one. He is the father welcoming the prodigal son back. Even after the prodigal son completely insulted him and asked for his inheritance and slapped him in the face and said, just give me my money and you're basically dead to me. That's the kind of love that God has for us. And even through all that, he still wants me and you to understand that we should have confidence. He wants us to be bold in seeking him out, bold in knowing that and confident in knowing that there is no thing in this world that could ever come between the love that he has for you and I. We are undeniably held and he will give us as many opportunities as he can before, you know, the end times come where he can no longer give us opportunities. But until those times, his grace 
is endless. His mercy is endless. And he seeks a relationship with you. And he wants you to know that I don't care if you just decided to accept his identity a month ago and you've already failed like seven times. You should be confident in seeking him out and knowing that he welcomes you. The fact that you're failing means you you're trying enough to fail because everybody knows it's easy to fail and give up, but it's hard to fail and try again and fail and try again. And I don't mean like, oh, I messed up. I'm going to go, Lord, forgive me. And I'm going to go mess up again. I'm going to go, Lord, forgive me while I'm drinking or something. Lord, forgive me while I'm, you know, sinning entirely. But when we truly have the repentance of God, forgive me. And not to say that it won't ever happen again. I pray that it won't happen again. But sometimes, let's be honest, it does happen again. You can't not ask for forgiveness because you're afraid that you might fail again. Because in that mindset, you're telling yourself, oh, I can't ask for forgiveness because I will fail again. If I'm believing with faith that I'm about to change, then I should ask for forgiveness as if I'm about to change. If I'm trying to change into the identity that God has for me, I shouldn't be lugging around the weight and the guilt and the shame. Whether or not this is actually the last time that you sin, you should be asking for forgiveness because you're having faith and you're believing that you're not going to sin. And if you're not going to sin, do that sin again, then you should be giving up the shame, the guilt, and the the pain and the history that came with it. And then it always comes back to, for all have fallen short of the glory of God. There is no one perfect. There is no one blameless. And yet for every single one of us, he wants us to have the confidence to seek him out and ask for that forgiveness. Anyway, that's, that's it. Um, I just really love this idea of being held by God, having him hold our hand and knowing that he is a desire for us to have confidence in him. That even if we can't trust ourselves and trust who we are and trust the world, that we can trust him, that he will always be there for us to forgive us, to lead us and be there for us in all things. As always, let's go ahead and end this one with a prayer. Dear God, who am I to be held and loved by you? How blessed I am, how blessed we are to know you, and to be known by you. Thank you, Lord, for always seeing us and working out the good for us, whether we believe or see it yet or not. Thank you for never leaving me. Truly, your love is incomparable. None are like you. None love like you do. Who is like you, Lord? Who could do all that you do? Nothing on earth compares to you. We find ourselves humbled by your love for us. Here we are, your humble servants, asking, Lord, that you use us, that you begin to shape and change us into the person that you have, into the future that you have for us, the purpose that you have for us. Use us for your plans and your purposes as you wish, Lord. Help us to continue to internalize the identity that you have for us, to continue to clothe ourselves in Christ and to accept that identity in heart, spirit, and mind, and flesh. Lead us from temptation and forgive us for our sins. In all things, Lord, thank you for all that you do. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of HFC. I truly, truly hope that you enjoyed this series, and I just hope that you enjoyed this ending. Uh, I pray that you have a God-blessed week, and that you, and we all just, you know, grow a little bit more in an identity that God has for us. Thank you. Bye.